Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Green estate in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett Welcome, everyone, to Honey, I Blew Up the TV Show on Be Kind, Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I am Dan Teets. Joining me, as always, Kyra Hawkins. And joining me, our inimitable co-host, Cliff Chance from Is Is It Any Good? And welcome to both of you. We're glad to both have you both here to discuss this movie that obviously has made an impression on all of us. We are talking about the June 23rd, 1989 release, which is known as Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which was actually the first movie that I ever saw with Rick Moranis in it. So that's probably going to really date me. I'm not going to lie to you, even though Ghostbusters is my favorite movie of all time, I think it's the first one I saw with him in it as well. Okay. Kyra? Uh, I was going to check the date for Spaceballs. <laughs> I know my parents let me watch that before I probably should have. 87. Uh, it was either this or Spaceballs. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, Disney got... I know I definitely wasn't seeing Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I actually watched Spaceballs until I was in college, so we're talking mid-90s. Um, Rick Moranis helped to bring this one to a gold mine. It did $222 million in box office, which is $551 million in today's revenue. Pretty strong showing. It's the first one that we've had in quite a while that broke the $100 million mark. 
I know it's the first one in a long time that it's broke the 200 million. That's actually a Disney film. We're not talking the Raiders trilogy, which we will get back to that fairly soon as well. Um, obviously we've all watched this multiple times, possibly multiple times this week. Not this um, week for me, but yeah, <laughs> multiple times throughout my life. Yeah, this, this was one that I was hoping to watch with the world's youngest podcast host, but instead I watched it while he was asleep so I could get a good hour and a half of viewing without having to stop and explain what was going on. Um... Initial thoughts on this one. My initial thoughts are actually probably not on the movie, but on the Disney attractions, <laughs> Disney <laughs> Park attraction. Okay. But no, uh, no, this one, um, I enjoyed it a lot. It actually probably has one of the one, a very sad scene in it for a young clip to watch, and we'll I'm sure we'll get to that scene later on in this podcast. I'm pretty sure both of y'all know what scene I'm talking about. But I enjoyed it. The special effects, while aren't great, kind of still hold up compared to some of the ones we're seeing today. Yeah. I mean, and also Rick Moranis, you can't go wrong uh, yeah. with an 80s movie with him in it. Yeah, this is true. Kyra, initial thoughts? Um, I loved this movie growing up. I want to say that I saw it in the theater. I think I was like six or seven when it came out so um there's a fair chance i saw it in a theater i i feel like i did but i don't remember for sure um but we definitely had it on vhs probably wore that thing out um re-watching it i just kept thinking like because i saw it so many times but it's been a long time since i've actually watched it so um on the rewatch i was thinking i think this pretty much holds up uh, real well compared to a lot of other movies we've done, especially. Um, I like some of the special effects were a little janky because it was the eighties, but I also thought just knowing that they used um, as many practical effects as they could, I thought, I mean, as a kid, like you just go into the world and that's, that's it. Um, yeah. Now, as an adult, I think about stuff like that. And I'm like, <laughs> I appreciate practical effects more. Like, it just gives it something that a green screen can't. So, yeah. I I loved yeah. that, especially. Well, my initial thoughts were, I don't remember the first time that I actually watched it. It probably was something that was running on ABC on the afternoon movie or something like that. But this is another one that I misremembered things happening because, and we'll get to it, but the ending was a little too short for all the build-up that it, that it got to. And I would have thought they would have had more payoff instead of just a blip and everything's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, once again, that's probably just me misremembering it from when I was a kid or the multiple times that I've watched it since then. Because, I mean, it's not something... If it's on in the background, you don't sit down and pay close attention to it unless you are trying to do something for posterity's purposes, like we are now. So, um, we're going to... 
All right, and the synopsis, which comes to us, care of Wikipedia, as always, goes a little something like this. Quirky scientist and inventor Wayne Zielinski has been designing a ray gun machine capable of shrinking and growing objects, but cannot get it to work properly. His obsession with the machine worries his hard-working wife, Diane, teenage daughter, Amy, and an aspiring inventor son, Nick. Next door, Big Russ Thompson, his wife May, and their younger son, Ron, are preparing for a fishing trip. Their elder son, Little Russ, is less than enthusiastic, as his interests often clash with his father's. Shortly after Wayne leaves for a conference, Ron accidentally hits a baseball through the Zelensky's attic window and into the machine, turning it on and blocking its targeting laser. Caught by his brother, Ron is forced to convince, confess to the Zelensky kids. Ron and Nick enter the attic to retrieve the ball and clean up the mess, and the activated machine shrinks them. Amy and Little Russ suffer the same fate when they go in searching for their siblings. At his conference, Wayne is laughed off the stage after failing to provide proof that his machine works. He enters the attic upon returning home, the shrunken children trying to get his attention, but their voices are only loud enough to be heard by the family dog named Quark. Already frustrated, Wayne discovers the broken window and snaps, repeatedly striking the machine. He sweeps up the debris, along with the kids, into a dustpan and a trash bag. The four kids manage to escape, only to discover that the trash bag is now at the curb. They make their way back home through the Zelensky's overgrown backyard. Meanwhile, the Thompson and Zelensky parents become uneasy at their children's absence. May and Russ cancel their fishing trip and file a missing persons report with the police. Wayne eventually pieces together what has happened but accidentally activates some sprinklers while inspecting the yard. As a result, Amy nearly drowns in a mud puddle, but Little Russ dives in to pull her out and revive her with rescue breath. Wayne eventually reveals the truth to Diane, and she joins in in the search. Later, she convinces Wayne to share the information with the Thompsons, but they remain skeptical. The kids feast on one of Nick's discarded oatmeal cream pies and uses a crumb to capture a friendly forager ant, naming him Auntie, and riding it towards the house. As night falls, the group takes shelter in a Lego piece. Amy and little Russ begin to express feelings for one another, and they share a kiss. The kids are later attacked by a scorpion, but Auntie, at the cost of his own life, helps them to drive the scorpion away. The next morning, Nick's friend Tommy arrives to mow the lawn. The kids are forced to seek shelter in an earthworm tunnel, barely escaping the vortex caused by the mower which Wayne and Diane shut off just in time. The kids hitch a ride on Quark and enter the house, but Nick falls into Wayne's bowl of Cheerios and is nearly eaten. Quark bites Wayne's ankle and to get his attention. Wayne discovers the kids' presence and works to repair the machine. Both families meet in the attic, and the kids use charades to inform Wayne that the baseball blocked the laser, which previously overheated targets and caused them to explode. Wayne corrects the problem, and Big Russ volunteers as a test subject. The test is successful, and he and the kids are later restored to their original sizes. Months later at Thanksgiving, the Zelenskys and the Thompsons have become good friends and are toasting over a large turkey. The end. Alright, so we're just going to go ahead and jump right into this. I, as you know, have stream of consciousness um, notes, so... They seem to go in order, 
but there may be some things that are out of order because I remembered something later on. The first thing that caught me was the dog's name. I love the fact that he named him Quark because it it's a molecular term, I believe. I'm not a science teacher. I don't play one on TV. But the fact that that was a dog's name and that was actually the first thing that you saw when the movie started. And then you have early text messaging. But, I mean, we're how many... I can't even remember when the first cell phone came out that you could text. I'm sure y'all young whippersnappers can probably answer me on that. I don't know if I could text message on the first. I mean, you had to hit the buttons. I have whatever uh, letter was on each button. Yeah, you had, I had mine. T9. You had to hit it one, two, to three times. But the, I also know that phone was more indestructible than any phone that we have now. <laughs> yes. You run over with a car. Speaking as a man that has had the new iPhone for three months and I've already got cracks on it and my wife's back of her new phone has been shattered and she's had it for like a month. And I actually had the flip phone brick for my first cell phone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's probably Thompson dropping it more times than anything. No, I'm going to blame Grayson. I know her. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Don't tell her I said that, even when she listens to this. <laughs> when she listens to it, yeah. Um, so we finally meet all, well, most of the characters. We don't meet the mom until, what, about ten minutes in when she calls in to see that everybody's okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was a Mr. Wizard reference during this movie, which kind of took me back because that was another TV show that I loved growing up and can't find it anywhere on streaming. And then there was a mention of Attila the Hun. I don't I don't even know where that is. I just wrote down Attila the Hun. And then we actually see the dad upstairs working on the laser and it is vaguely familiar to the laser from Tron. So I don't know if they repurposed that to probably save a couple of dollars. But the sisters downstairs burning breakfast as adolescent teenage women do. And that's all that I'm going to say in Disney movies. <laughs> she's doing her best. Yeah. Because but she's also on the phone. <laughs> because her mom had moved out for the night and everybody was wondering when she was going to come back because nobody really believed in the project except for Mr. Zelensky and of course the son because he had made his own little mini micro machine version of the laser that zapped Quark and made him run out of the picture and he thought he had made him disappear so we could already see his imagination running but the food is so bad that Quark won't even eat it yeah, Nick, the little brother, is like, I can't have toxic waste or something. Mm-hmm. Which I thought, oh, that was a pretty sick burn, little buddy. And instead, he pulls out a little Debbie oatmeal cream pie and starts to eat it. And now my dog wants one. So, Mr. Zelensky comes down, they talk. He talks to his wife, and they determine that she's going to come home later on. And so the son gets tasked with mowing the yard, 
while the girl has to handle all the indoor chores. Once again, Disney trope, if ever I've seen one. You put the men outside and the women inside. And we're just going to leave it there because we don't want to offend too many of our listeners. I mean, it was the 80s. The same thing with that movie, though, is like, it seemed like almost the way each character was set up, they would have been better with the opposite. Yeah. If I remember, the sister was very independent while the son was very dependent. Her brother. So, we spent about 15 minutes with the Zelenskys, and now we go over to meet the neighbors. And I love Matt Frewer and everything that he is ever in. The that's, that's the dad, right? Yes, that is the dad. Yeah. Because for me, he's that actor that I I know him mm-hmm. and I will always recognize him, but he's that one. I his name I will never remember. Yeah, he he was the dad <clears throat> on this. He played a quirky eccentric scientist in the TV show Eureka. Yeah. Unfortunately, he played the lawnmower man in that Stephen King debacle. That was him. That was him. And I think he was also the trash can man in the first Stephen King's The Stand. Yeah. He's also the uh, the four horsemen of uh, Pestilence and uh, Supernatural. Okay. That's a show that I haven't watched. It's on my mile-long rewatch or watch list. So, But he's your typical all-American... We're leaving for the weekend, so we got to make sure we got everything packed because the early worm catches the fish. Yep. And well, he glued a uh, lure to his finger. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He he's he's quirky and he he can do things, but he also is bumbling. Yep. So between him and Zelensky, they had the perfect pairing for the two of them. Yeah, like the same, but not yeah. different, but not. I can be a better way to word it. Yeah, yeah you kind of get the idea, like, <clears throat> well, aside from, like, the wives, these families don't like each other. Like, the kids hate each other, and the dads hate each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just think poorly of each other, so. But th- you see, like, a nice interaction between the moms at some point, so. Um, like, of course. Yeah, that's how, like, we want our families to like each other, but. Mm-hmm. They don't. <laughs> yeah. And so we jump back to Zelensky, who's back upstairs working on his shrink ray. And we find out that he had tried to have an extension cord on an electric dog collar, which did not go well. I wonder why. And I would like to see the Disney episode of that show. <laughs> I mean, with them doing so many reboots and remakes, why don't why don't you give us a a prequel that showed what brought him to become the the guy that shrunk the kids and blew up the baby and shrunk themselves? I think was the third movie trilogy, which nobody yeah. remembers. Nope. I remember. <laughs> I remember, but I never actually saw it. And it had its own TV show too for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> So, we had none of these actors in it. Which is part of the reason why it only lasted for a very short time, because if you don't have the actors, you can't do things correctly. Um, but it is actually 23 minutes into the movie before we actually see shrinkage of any kind. So we spend, 
I mean, this movie's it was what? The couch first, right? Yeah, it was it was the couch first, and then it just starts zapping anything and everything that it can zap, which kind of made you wonder if it was going to zap the house if you didn't know where it was going. Um, yeah, it may be worth mentioning. Like it's it's starts because um, Ron, the pesky little brother of the neighbor kids, hits his baseball through the window. And activates it somehow. Um, I think at the end it explains somehow why it worked that way, but not all the times that um, it like went... redirected the laser in a way or something. Yeah, it was a there. The laser was overheating, which caused everything to explode real good. Which was why Wayne Zelensky said that he had found a new way to make apples. Because he right. was constantly blowing yeah. up the apples. But then when the ball got in the way, you could see it at the end. There was actually a cut or a tear or a laser burn. Because it was actually working into it. And So, yeah. The, the ball goes through the window and starts everything up. And the older brother, who is Little Russ... Grabs Ron and says, well, we're going to go talk to her. We're going to go talk to the neighbors, let them know that you did this. Either you're going to tell them or I'm going to tell them. And I don't know if it actually showed that he kind of liked the older sister. Or was it one of those things because they were neighbors that didn't, that the parents didn't like each other. They couldn't like each other either. Um, I, I think he, just, he was that guy that liked her. Okay. Yeah, he was like watching her through the window while she was cleaning or something. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a Romeo and Juliet type of thing. He just, I think he was kind of the outsider of his class. Mm-hmm. And she was a popular girl and he kind of liked her. Yeah. Because, like, she, thing. she spends the first few minutes talking about, like, some boy named Paul or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, they all get shrunk up real good. They go to find the baseball, and the laser hits them. Yeah, and we actually don't see... It's Ron and the younger Zelensky that get zapped first. And you actually don't see them get zapped. You just hear the, the ray go off because it had just shot up everything else in the entire room until it ran out of things to shoot. But you actually see the first real great force perspective when Russ and the sister get shrunk. Mm-hmm. And we find out that all that had been for five years of work on the shrink ray. And Zelensky pretty much gets laughed out of the convention that he had been going to, that he had spent all this time and effort and everything because he says, well, if you can shrink things, you don't have to worry about the weight so much. So you can load more stuff into the spaceship. Because I think he was working, was he working for NASA or was he trying to get a job with NASA? I think he, he was, was trying, trying to get a job. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to the house where he comes home and he's upset and he goes upstairs and starts to destroy the five years of precious work on his shrink ray and this is where he sees the window that's been broken and decides that he needs to just go ahead and clean up everything 
and this includes all four of the children and they get swept up into a trash bag that somehow doesn't cause them to suffocate because they're really tiny there's air in there okay yeah. so especially at the 80s they're not as good trash bags as they are today but then one of the brothers cuts through the trash bag with his knife. Where's his finger, actually? It was his finger. If I remember correctly, it's his finger kind of like pokes through, and you see it kind of move around, and then you see the eye come through that hole. And this If is... I remember correctly. Oh, it's a knife. It is a knife? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's sharp. Oh, it slices right through it, yeah. I think I think there was a, a part where he actually did look through something with with an eye. That might have been when they were trying to figure out where the, where exactly they were or something like that. So we have a call back to Return to Oz when the sister says, "I don't think we're in Kansas anymore." <laughs> and so the little brother, being the nerd that he is, figures out how far it is in their perspective and it's like three miles and i'm like okay let me see i can walk three miles in an hour so no problems we'll be back be done yeah and when he said 0.2 miles i thought that too like oh they should be able to make i mean there's obstacles and stuff but like they should be back in the house before dark you would think. But, yeah. So, Zelensky gets everything cleaned up, and then the mom comes home, and they start trying to figure out where everybody is. Or, no, the mom doesn't come home yet, does she? She comes home, like, later on. No, because I think he tries to sit on his sofa, and he realizes the sofa's gone. And that's where he figures out that he actually did get it to work, even though it wasn't really him. It was the baseball that got stuck in the exploding no. bits. Yeah. He, like, pieces it all together. I think while the mom has come home, but has, like, she went to the mall because she thought they must mm-hmm. have gone to the mall. So um, he's he, like, has this realization and then, like, tells her when she gets home. And she's like, it works. That's great. And he's like, well, I shrunk the kids. But, yeah, we, we get our mention of them going to the mall, which I think was like the third or fourth time that the word mall was mentioned because this is an 80s reference. And yep. for those of you that do not know, a mall was a bunch of stores that were interconnected inside of a building where you could buy anything from air mattresses to Ziploc bags. It was actually a cool place, unlike it is now. <laughs> yes. You go to the movies. Not too many of y'all know what CDs are. You can buy them. <laughs> CDs, tapes. It was a cool place. <laughs> but the next thing that caught me was the little brother saying, well, what if time shrunk too? And what if our hour is like years? Actually, didn't that happen in Quantum Mania or one of the Ant-Man movies? Kind of... Then in this one, it seemed to not work that way. Um, I don't think they knew. (laughs) So one of the brothers says that he would rather be in school than being out 
adventuring, and I think it was the one that wasn't quite as outdoorsy. Yeah. And so this is where we come to the first real obstacle that they come to, because they climb up some type of flower that I have no clue what it is. But that thing would have been three or four stories tall, and the kids just climb it like it's, well... It would be a rope, obviously, because they all did that in gym at that, back in the days. It's like it's not climbing a tree because it doesn't have the branches. Cause yeah. It just has a long stem. And the only the only thing that they were actually holding on to was like little, um, like little spurs. So I don't know if it was a dandelion or it some... was pink. It's pink. But like when it takes a shot from like farther back it looks really tiny in the yard so I'm like I thought it must be one of those like little weed flowers or something because it doesn't look like anything in the yard yeah and this this is like I said this is where they had their first real adventure because Nick falls and falls into another flower that is below it and this is where we find out this kid is allergic to anything and everything that is under the sun. Yeah. Because he's allergic to pollen, he's allergic to grass, he's allergic to water, he's allergic to grass, everything. So, typical kids from today now. And when he falls down, he doesn't sneeze because the pollen's bigger than he is. So he, well, he says it's bigger than him, Can't but then he sneezes once. And then out of nowhere, this giant swarm of bees swoop down because that's what bees do. But I've never seen a swarm of bees quite like that. And the one that grabs Nikki and Russ, it doesn't have a stinger. So what type of bee is that? I didn't even notice that. Because the only type of bee that I know that doesn't have a stinger is one that has already injected you and they die. Because I think that's how it works with bumblebees and honeybees. But... Anyway, they go for a nice little ride, and Big Russ swats at them and almost kills the boys and doesn't realize that they're on on it. And I think at this time, Wayne's actually figured out what's going on, and he's trying to talk to him because he's trying not to actually walk on the grass or anything like that. And they get dropped, and I don't know how far they actually land from the original where they were because the... The other two kids just run up like it's no issues. Yeah, like they get separated and then they have to find each other. But I don't know that they do until after uh, Wayne has turned the sprinkler on, Mm. um, which causes like a big mess and scary stuff. Like Um, one of them always drowns. Yeah, Amy almost drowns and Russ saves her and... um, Wayne's like walking around it like the whole way that the sprinkler even gets turned on is that he's on stilts um with like a helmet with binoculars and it's just the stilts catches on the water hose and I'm like why do you think that stilts are safer you could still crush your kids with stilts just the same as with your feet yeah and I think it's after he turns on the water hose that he realizes that there has to be a better way to do this. 
because the next thing that you see him trying is out on the um yeah like you can see my hands but he's out on the laundry line in like a hammock with a tv and kids we're not talking about your little two inch plasma tvs that you have now now this is this is the type that if it fell on you you would be in the hospital for a week and I don't even know how he got that into the other side of the hammock. Because the TVs back then also took two to three people to carry. Yeah. Well, because... it does the opportunity for like a nice um, like kind of slapstick moment where the dog is pulling him around and then mm-hmm. he just spins out of control and gets thrown out into uh, the Thompson's pool next door. Which is kind mm-hmm. of funny. But, yeah, because of the water, the sprinkler coming on, Amy drowns, and Russ did not do proper CPR technique. He did not check for a pulse. He did not tilt the head back. I think he did close the nose. But then we find out that the reason that he knew how to do uh, mouth-to-mouth was from French class. And we're just going to leave that one right there for the long payoff at the end of it. And so after everybody goes and washes off in the muddy, dirty water and somehow gets clean from that, um, Nick finds... Muddy water that made them dirty. Yes. Nick finds a uh, oatmeal cream pie... Which kind of makes me wonder how old that cream pie is and whether or not that's going to cause them all to die of some type of disease that is already starting to work. I didn't think that at all. I just have, like, even now, but especially when I was a little kid, was like, that'd be so cool. Same. I was the same way on that. Yeah, and see, I bought oatmeal cream pies for my kids for... um. For a celebration the week before I watched this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not eating another oatmeal cream pie for quite a little bit. (laughs) So we actually have our second cross-reference with Ant-Man. Because we get to meet Antsy. Or, yeah, it it is Ant, right? It's Auntie. Auntie. Excuse me, not Antsy. I always thought it was Andy. But in the... um... Closed caption, it's A-N-T-I-E. So, we find out that Nick is allergic to ants because of just a offhanded comment. And so you add that to the list of things that he's going to die from in the back of the yard. And we cut back to the Thompsons, and they're starting to get a little bit worried. And we find out that the dad has quit smoking, but he takes it up when he's nervous. And he goes out and takes one puff off of a cigarette and flicks it over into the Zelensky's yard. And suddenly the cigarette has shrunk from a full-size cigarette down to just a filter. <laughs> which is still burning with the embers. And I was like, well, unless that is a really cheap cigarette, it doesn't burn that quick. But, I mean, once again, I'm probably reading way too much into this movie with... With it being the 80s. But because of this, the kids figure out that they can travel at night. 
And so they press on with the, with I don't even know what it is. It's probably like a little piece of dried wood or something that's making two torches. And I still actually think it was just pieces of the cigarette. Yeah, might be. Yeah, I can't tell. I think it's... Um, they used to light something on fire. If not, they just took embers or ashes out of it. Oh, it's it's like part of a root or something because there's like some fibrous stuff at the end that in reality is probably too wet from being in the ground to light, but whatever. Um, after all, the sprinklers run off. So, after traveling for a little bit, Andy is tired and so they decide to go ahead and let him go for the night because his family's probably worried about him and they climb into a discarded lego so we find out that nick is not the cleanest kid because this is like the third thing that he has left in the backyard that they have found because they also were scared by a t-rex at the beginning of their adventure (laughs) i did forget about that actually and so they climb up into the Lego, and little Russ says that he's going to keep watch. And I can't remember if the Scorpion versus Anti fight was before or after they laid down to go to sleep. Um, after. after. Yeah, because, like, Russ and Amy are smooching it up because they've, like, she's like oh he likes me and then she I guess decides that she likes him too so they're like kissing when the scorpion interrupts them now you had said that there was a lot of actual yeah good words there was a lot of physical effects and not so much um, CG or background Do do we know if the fight was CG, was it claymation, or did they actually do a real-life documentary style to be able to have this fight take place? I don't know about that. Um, I bet it's CGI. Like, it looks like CGI. I don't know. It's definitely green screen, because whatever they did, they put it behind the actors. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember, because they did that prop show on Disney+. Plus. And this was one of the movies they talked about in it. They brought back the kid, some of the kid actors. I don't think one of them didn't show up for it. And then they also brought back um, Brooke Moranis. And he's like, because I remember that distinctly, because he talks about how after every movie he does, he keeps the glasses. Because hmm. <laughs> they put the glasses in whatever prescription he's wearing at the time. Well, that's that's like, Okay, well, I just, yeah. But I can't remember, like, how they, I can't remember if they discussed like the props for that scene particularly. Like, kind of part of it was practical, like with Star Wars, but I don't know. But yeah, it well, kind it kind of gave me a um, Jason versus the Argonauts feel. Yes. So that, that's why that's why I was trying to figure out if it was claymation or if it was just straight CG. But I I I liked the fight. Felt sorry for Auntie and his family. Yeah. Pour one out for him tonight. It was a, it was a sad scene. Well, again, uh, you know, the scene we talked about earlier, and I was like, oh, this is a scene that kind of hit me as a kid. It was very sad. Not quite Mufasa or uh, Littlefoot's mother sad, but sad. 
So we go from that to suddenly it's the next morning and Rick Moranis is sitting down eating a bowl of Cheerios. And we know it's Cheerios because he actually holds up the box and you can see it written on it. So the product placement has begun in film. We missed the scene, though, uh, where they had to survive the uh, lawnmower. That was actually after that because it was the next morning because the kid (laughs) shows up because he was supposed to come the night before and the he, he got in the chair they got in the chair somehow yeah the so um I he discovered him was in the chairs. yeah it's the next morning when the kid comes to mow because um wayne has fallen asleep in the attic like trying to figure the machine out or whatever um and like trying to fix it or something because he like smashed it and he and uh, the wife. I can't. What is the mom's name? I don't even know. Diane. Mrs. Zelinsky. That's all you Yeah. Know. <laughs> They're like talking through the machine or talking about the machine or whatever, and then they hear the lawnmower and realize what's happened. Um, the Cheerios are like right yeah. after. So, um, yeah, the lawn, the lawnmower scene is a little more stressful than yeah, I remembered. Sure. They, like, go into a spider hole or something because Nick is like, well, they're dormant this time of year. And then the lawnmower stops right there, and it's, like, about to suck them out. Well, it does suck them out of the hole. And somehow they don't get hit by any of the blades, which is, like, a miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, but that whole, like, sequence stressed me out so bad just watching it uh, just a little bit ago. Even I was like, oh, I don't, I didn't remember this part. And so the, the Zelensky's come out, they stop the kid who's just out there bebopping to his Walkman with his tape deck, obviously, and not even knowing what he's playing. And he's just mowing the grass because he had traded, what, a bag of, or a um, box of cookies? To be able to do it. Something. If you want to do it, it was a remote control. Um, it was a remote control lawnmower. So, like, you didn't have to push it. He could just sit there mm-hmm. and use the controls. That's like, I think that's what the selling point was for his side. Yeah. And so he stops it, and somehow the kids all get missed. Which, I mean, once again, if they're as big as they are, they probably would have got blown away by the air. But And they get blown inside. And well, they latch onto the dog. Oh yeah, that's right. They they grab onto Quark after Quark finally grows a spine three quarters of the way in and <laughs> stands up to the cat, which has been his nemesis during the entire movie. And so they grab onto him and they go inside and Quark jumps up on the table and the kids drop down and somehow Nick ends up in the Cheerios and he's about to get eaten when Quark latches on to Wayne's ankle. And he looks down, and there's the kid that he almost did. Yep. And so they figure that they're going to go ahead and tell the neighbors that they found the kids. And Mr. Thompson is not having this. He thinks that it's a bad idea, especially with all those apples that have been blown up real good. And then the kids start to play charades. And they point to... they. They somehow come up with baseball because one of them's swinging, one of them's catching, one of them's throwing, 
and Amy's just standing there watching it. And so they look at the ball, and this is where they fit. They find out that it's been zapped, and so Big Russ, so I was, well, I'm not going to let you just willy-nilly try it on the kids. you got to try it on somebody, so try it on me. And so they zap him, and of course he shrinks, and he returns him to his original size, and I'm going to use that in air quotes, because I think he didn't return him to his full size because his hat was a little bit bigger than what it needed to be. So he did get shrunk just a little bit, so I chuckled at that. And they put the kids... I thought they put the kids on the chair because that's where the laser was pointed at. But then when they zap them, the kids are on the floor. Yeah, because I thought they put them on the couch, like the couch or the chair too. Yeah. But yeah, the, the next thing that you know, the four of them are just standing there on the on the um, floor like nothing had happened and there's a very happy reunion and next thing we know it's Thanksgiving and they have a 685 pound turkey. That turkey was way bigger than two families of four needed. It took the whole dang table. (laughs) Yeah. And this is where we get the long payoff for French class. And I still don't think he understands it. Yeah. And it's not even that good of a joke. So, yeah, we, we, we pretty much had our first mid credit scene in Disney history during because of this very bad joke. And that concludes our movie. Mm-hmm. Did we leave out anything? I think so. I almost left out the lawnmower scene, but we went back to that. Mm-hmm. I think we're good. All right. Yeah, I think well, we're better. Well, let's go ahead and move to the three all-important questions. How does this fit into into today's society? I'm gonna jump to that one first. We'll go in reverse. That's probably the hardest of the three. For <laughs> this movie, at least, it really just seems. Like, it's straight up an 80s movie with yeah. not too much to talk about. Yeah. Or the fact that, I don't know, I guess neighbor, people not really knowing their neighbors, and this might be they knew their neighbors and not necessarily grew with each other. Yeah. Until they have to work together. I don't know. It was a tough question for this movie. <laughs> well, there, there's a lot of movies where this is a dumb question, but... Not dumb, I just said tough. Oh. I misheard you. <laughs> Sorry. I, I said, yeah, I, thought, I mean, it's not like Star Wars where it's political-based or anything. It's just a silly 80s comedy. Wait, Star Wars is political-based? No. Not at all. Use the Force. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, it, yeah, that's my, that's my take. Na- neighborly, neighborly love that doesn't exist anymore. Because nobody talks to each other because they're all on their cell phones and... You no. Know. You don't even know who well, they're is all your afraid neighbor. of each other. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, what is today's impact on this movie? You mentioned at the beginning that you remembered the Disney attraction. I don't even yeah. know if that's still open. I don't think it is either. I remember uh, sliding down uh, the blades of grass like a giant. I mean, it was like a giant, uh, almost like a giant, just regular park, not even a part of a giant. Uh, theme park like Disney, because they just set up certain things that made it fun. 
They had the uh, blade to grass or slides. Um, yeah, I'm probably almost turning to a water park with the sprinkler system. And then again, it gave us uh, Rick Moranis as one of the greatest father figures, <laughs> greatest bubbling father figures of our time. I'm trying to pull up to see if it see if that is still open. Well, I was thinking, um, like, if you set this today, they really wouldn't even need to change a whole lot. I mean, like, update the technology. But like, those kids are probably going to have cell phones, um, so they'll be able to ask for help a little easier, assuming that it doesn't fry their phones when they get. But that might be even a cool little twist in the plot. Like, Yeah. So, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience was removed from all four Disney parks over the course of 2010. And they decided to return Captain EO in its place to honor Michael Jackson after he died in 2000. Well, I, I wasn't talking about because I remember Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. That was at Epcot. But I think at Magic Kingdom, they actually had like a playground. Hmm. Set up like the large backyard. Cause I, like, they were two completely different things. But I think they might have turned like the large um, grass into almost like a Toy Story thing, if I remember correctly. But I, like, because Honey the I Shrunk the Audience was at Epcot, and what I'm talking about was that Magic Kingdom. Okay. Which Honey I Shrunk the Audience was a great experience. Cause, like, yes. And rats or mouse run under your feet, and they made you feel like you actually felt them. Well, I didn't even realize this, but we might actually get our. Um, they're talking about doing a sequel for Disney Plus, with Rick Moranis yeah. coming out of a semi-retirement to play Wayne Zelensky. Josh Gad is going to be Nick. Hola. I- so I'm all in. That's all you had to say. It's like, I, I have in my notes, like, that kid that played Nick was perfectly cast as Rick Moranis' son, son. Like, the resemblance is just close enough that it's believable. <laughs> and he's, and I mean, he's he's a cutie little guy. But, like, when you said Josh Gad and I got that mental image, uh, yes. Yes, please. I'm I'm here. I will watch it. If they put it in a theater, I will go see it. Well, it looks like it will be a um, straight to Disney Plus release if and when it does get released. Because the last thing that it actually says is um, Joe Johnston is going to direct the movie. And that was as of February the 12th of 2020. So a month before the world came to the end. Yeah. So, I give Joe Johnson that because he does. I mean, he did the Rocketeer. Mm, oh, he's had some good ones under his belt. The Rocketeer, 1990s. We're getting closer. I'll be a part of that one too. <laughs> That's another good one. I can't wait. All right. Well, last question: Is this movie mirrored in culture? Other than neighbors not getting along with neighbors and people getting shrunk and blown up apples. I mean, like not today's culture. I mean, 80s kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even with eight and neighbors not getting along, they still got along. Mm-hmm. 
I use quotation marks there because we're not a video, we're a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So. But, yeah, I think it was, it's mirroring culture today, though. So, our... I think it's time to go ahead and put this one to sleep and start looking to our next movie. Which we are stepping away from the archives and actually doing something that is a little bit more recent as in I think 2023 recent because as of October the 4th 2023 Disney Plus released The Haunted Mansion on their streaming service and I'm not talking about the Eddie Murphy debacle but we will get to that one as well so we can compare and contrast the two and we also have the Muffin ones ah <sighs> Muppet Ones was far and away better than the Eddie Murphy movie, as yeah, I think. It was. When did we cover that last year? I think. Yeah, I, it was. It was. I guess it would have had to been. You know, because that wasn't that like your first or second episode, Kyra, or third. It was somewhere uh-huh. in the in the very early Kyra Hawkins experiment. Yeah, my first episode was two years ago. I think uh, that was around that, it was two years ago when that came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. I guess that's right. So yeah, at the time that that this episode will be record or will be releasing, we are gearing up to actually have the 2022 or 2023. I think it's 2023 haunted mansion as our actual Halloween episode. So that is going to be your homework. For next week. If this is one of your favorite movies of all times. And we missed something or we botched it. Because I'm human. And I am known to make mistakes. Write us. Let us know what we did right. Let us know what we did wrong. You can write us at BeKindRewindDMP. At gmail.com. And of course the DMP stands for Disney Plus Movie Podcast. Um... Cliff, you got anything new on... Is it any good? Not recently. Uh, last one I did was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Okay. And I still love that one, so... Working on some other ones. I just have a little bit of writer's block, so... Okay. Writer's block happens. Um, But, yeah. If you like Cliff, go over and get him by himself. Talking about other movies that are... That may or may not be Disney-related. He he's done a lot of them from from what I'm seeing. Yep. Um. Until we talk again, as we tell you every time, it's time for you to stay safe, stay hungry, and stay out of attics when people are working on inventions. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at bekindrewinddmp at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye.
Zelensky. Okay, guys, let's get moving. Can't be much farther. Can we sleep just a little longer? Something's very weird here. See Nick! 
Did you see him this morning? Uh, no, it was yesterday. I, really, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be so late. It's okay, sweetie. It's okay. Here, why don't you go home? Go on through the house. It's safer. Safer? I thought my folks are weird. 